Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Citizens of Larkana podcast, a podcast where we invite you to be a part of their world. We're your host, Jared and James, and today we're talking about playing and getting into a trading card game with zero prior experience with a very special guest. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Hey everyone, welcome, welcome to another week. Last pod we talked about my game plan for building a local Lorcana community, and today we're talking about picking up a trading card game with no prior experience. James and I both like to refer to ourselves as relative newcomers to the TCG place, but we both have had a passing familiarity with trading card games for years, for me all the way back to when I was a kid. Uh, So today we are bringing on an expert in the newbie field. Uh, today's guest has no prior experience playing trading card games, and I think with Lorcana, uh, there will be many more like our guests. So with that, we'd like to introduce our guest, Adara. Hello, Adara, and welcome. Hi, James. Hi, Jared. Nice to Hi. be here. Yes, it's great to have you here. So please, if you could, take a minute to introduce yourself and share with us why now for playing trading card games and why Lorcana specifically. Yeah, so... I'm Adara. Um, as you guys both said, I don't have any TCG experience, um, though I've played board games and puzzles for pretty much all of my life um, and have absolutely been a Disney person from birth. My nursery was decorated with the the classic Disney characters. So um, just really have that kind of background and love of Disney. Um, so like why TCGs and why Lorcana? those kind of go hand in hand and they're hard to talk about individually. Uh, the way I like to describe it is it was like the perfect storm for getting me interested in doing a TCG and specifically Lorcana. Uh, so my, my husband was a big Pokemon collector when he was younger. And so we had recently come up in conversations. And so I got to enjoy helping keep eyes out for some cards he was looking for just in the local area. And through that, I just realized I realized how fun it could be to collect cards, um, like just purely from the collection aspect of it. Um, and it, it appealed to me. I'm definitely a collector at heart. I've collected multiple things. I've collected Disney pins whenever I've been in the Disney parks. Um, so that really drew me to, oh, TCG is a, is a thing that I could collect. Um, also, like just the fact that I am now of an age where I have money to support a habit. So like I, my husband's often talked about how it always feels weird asking like parents to like, oh, can you buy me these cards? And so being able to like finance a hobby that's not 
as, as not as cheap as you might think it would be. <laughs> and then just finally, like where Lorcana came into it is I had gotten into Disney Dreamlight Valley back, I think in like November of 2022, something like that, and started following socials for that. And that's where I got connected to the fact of, hey, Disney's making a TCG game. I was like, huh, that's that's kind of interesting. I, I might be open to that because I kind of understood a little bit about what a TCG was at that point. Um, so just the fact that it was a Disney IP is really what drew me into Lorcana and the fact of like, hey, I'm I'm going to try to learn a TCG. So that's that's kind of what drew me into that. That is so great. And I have the same experience. When I got back into playing the trading card game, my wife didn't know that I used to play trading card games as a kid. So when I started being like, hey, I bought these cards so I could learn how to play this game with our daughter. She didn't realize what I was really trying to say was, hey, this is me trying to get back into playing card games. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted to say you and I have been we've been messaging back and forth on Twitter and one of the reasons why I think today's podcast will be so important is because, and I think James would agree, there are going to be a lot of people like you who are brand new to playing trading card games. And we want to do, uh, we want we want to create an environment where people feel welcomed and um, they want to come back. Like they want to keep playing with us. So um, just we're going to go through and ask a, a lot of questions for you about like barriers to entry for people that want to play card games and uh, reasons why we should still play regardless. And yeah. we just like want you to share everything. So that way, you know, people aren't as scared. And for those of us who have been playing trade card, trading card games, it'll be important for us to learn uh, what we need to do to make people feel more welcome. Definitely. Okay, so um, what we're going to do is we're going to introduce a topic one by one, and then we're going to get your opinion on it. And when we've been messaging, you raised a couple things yourself, and we're going to talk about that at the end of this list, okay? So barrier number one is the digital versus the physical aspect of a trading card game. Um, mm -hmm. One of the things that you mentioned, and you mentioned a few times, is that you play Disney Dreamlight Valley, which for those of you who don't know, it's a game on the console. And that's really easy to get into because you can go on YouTube, you can find people on Twitter, you're like, oh my gosh, this game looks so much fun. And all you have to do is click download and you're playing like it's that easy. But to get into a physical card game, number one, you have to hear about it. Number two, you have to go figure out where you can buy product. Number three, you have to, if you want to go out and play, you have to find somewhere where you can play. And then you have to find like uh, decks that are going to be competitive so there's just a lot of things that have to fall into place before you can actually begin playing a trading card game yeah and like I totally agree with all of that like I was even able to like pre-order Disney Dreamlight Valley like multiple months before it even came out so like even down to that it's it's totally different um, I think the big thing there is it's really dependent on location um, of the fact that it is digital versus physical. Like uh, where I live, I live in a, a decent sized city, but we're really close to a lot of really rural areas that you could be looking at an hour plus to drive in to, to find any game store, let alone one that might be interested in carrying Lorcana or something like that. Um, whereas, you know, you can sit down on your couch and like you said, click the button and you're ready to play as long as you have the console. 
you you might have to dedicate literal hours to actually getting to a place to to learn about Lorcana and to pick up stuff like that. Um, so definitely agree with that. I don't I'm I'm pretty grateful that I don't think that's too big of a barrier for me specifically, but totally have friends that that would be a barrier to them of just how far away a local game store would be even just for them. And short of a digital client, I'm not sure what the answer to this one is. Mm. Because like you said, I used to live in Idaho and if it's a it was a pretty rural place where I was at. There were two game stores. One I know is not going to carry it. The other one might, but otherwise, I mean, the only other potential solution is if you play over a webcam or I know have you heard the term tabletop simulator i i have because i've seen people putting it together for oh, yeah, yeah so you'll be able to play it on there but again if like you're not in the discord you wouldn't know about these services yeah. what do you think james yeah i mean location because it's physical your location ability to even get the product i mean obviously these days, online purchasing is a thing, but we have to wait and see what kind of online purchasing there is. And even if there's online purchasing, there has to be online availability. Mm. Uh, so, you know, there those just that initial barrier is is pretty steep of the time and effort needed to actually acquire and have a place to play this game. But barrier number two is now that you have your deck, you want to play the game. But you can't because the other barrier is you need an opponent. So you're lucky if you have a sibling, significant other, etc., who is willing to play with you and lives with you. <laughs> but uh, and if you're adventurous, as uh, Jared mentioned, you can play on Discord uh, or via webcam or with uh, the tabletop simulator. Uh, but no matter what, you need someone to play against. So that is the second barrier. Yeah, and like the very nature of the game is meant to put you into a community with someone, but that also becomes the barrier, like you said, of you you can't do this by yourself, at, at least not that we're aware of right now, of it 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 has to be against at least one other person. Um, and even if you have that sibling or significant other, um, I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm, I'm sure I'm going to run my husband crazy asking to play Lorcana once we actually have the product. <laughs> so they might not even want to play with you when you want to play um and yeah and like if you can get somebody in person um something that's really been on my mind is the fact that not everyone's like comfortable doing things in person quite yet so even at the point that like organized play is well defined for Lorcana, like there might be people who don't do it because they aren't comfortable being in that position at this exact moment whether that's for social side of things or even just the fact that um hey like they're just an introvert um it, it can be hard to to put yourself out there um just just to play a game that you're excited about um that that could absolutely prevent me from getting into a game um if if I don't know somebody who's regularly willing to play with me so that's one thing I appreciate about the My Hero Academia. They have like online regionals as well as physical regionals. And I would hope that um, Disney Lorcana would adopt a similar thing. I mean, Worlds is in person, but so I mean, but I wanted to ask you this in conjunction with this question. 
as someone who's completely new and you might be a little different because you're in the discord and like you actively want to play the game but just imagine yourself as somebody who wasn't aware of the discord you're maybe just like hearing about lorcon the first time would you like go search out a discord and maybe try to play a game with somebody online before you even knew like if if you didn't have anybody around to play with would you be willing to go online and find somebody who would be willing to teach you and play with I think I would have to be pretty convinced by whatever type of like advertising for the game ends up coming out of like are am I seeing like articles popping up in my feed of like hey Disney's hot new TCG is like super popular like maybe you should do it like I, I don't think if I was brand new, like I would really have to be convinced. Um, like my personal experience was like, that's how I found the discord um, was I I saw that Lorcano was going to be at Gen Con. And I was like, well, surely they have a discord that I could keep up to date on things and searched on discord and found the Lorcana HQ side of things. I was like, this is, this is as good as it's going to get. Um, but I think like a lot of people who are maybe coming at it from I'm not sure I want to play or get involved in this um, would have to have some convincing done before they would do something like search out a discord or a community outside of that. It, it sounds to me like one of the, the the things that would lessen that barrier is both the official uh, Lorcana putting out really good uh, gameplay and learn to play the games and just like really good in-depth things about the game itself and the content creators creating uh, easy to learn how-tos and stuff like that. That sounds, I mean, that sounds like, you know, something like if people need to be interested in it, they, they also need to know what they're getting into, like you said, and gameplay, I think is going to be one of the things that will really help people get into it. It's like, oh yeah, that looks like a fun game to play. Exactly. Like that is, that is totally what would draw somebody of our, are they, is YouTube starting to suggest those, those games that are, you know, maybe it was a casted tournament or just somebody playing somebody else. Like here's, here's what the gameplay looks like. Here's why it's exciting. Here's how you can get involved kind of thing. Well, in that French pamphlet that was released uh, in the NDA zone, that's one of the things that they mentioned in there was that there'd be huge digital advertising push. Let's move on to barrier number three. So if you want to be competitive, you have to invest not only your time, like in a digital card or like in a digital game like Dreamlight Valley, you put in a certain amount of hours and you're going to get, you're going to progress a certain amount. Like it's just inevitable. But with Lorcana, not only do you have to invest your time, which number one, you have to find somebody to invest that time with, but you also have to invest your money to stay current with the meta. So and, and what I mean by that is that every three months, there's going to be a new set out and there's going to be new rotations, new meta. Uh, how big of a barrier is that uh, money issue? This this one is huge for me. Um, so when I first came into the Discord, I had these grandiose thoughts of, oh, well, surely I can just collect the cards that I want from the first set and just play with those for months to come. And then I started to learn more about like terminology and the fact that you know, like magic ha and Pokemon have these ideas of like the meta that's always changing based on what formats they have. And I very quickly realized like you, you have to spend money to stay relevant if you want to be competitive. 
Um, so this doesn't, I, I feel like it maybe doesn't affect casual play as much, but as soon as you decide you want to be in that competitive space, like you have to realize that you're, you're probably going to be grabbing cards from every single new set. Maybe not all of them, probably not all of them. Um, but you, you will be picking up new cards from every set, um, in order to stay competitive, to keep up with the different abilities, the different synergies, all of that. And, um, I, I think if I would have known that like upfront, like somebody would have said, here's, here's my list of like, oh, by the way, if you want to be competitive, like you're, you're going to be shelling out money for the future. I was like that, that might've kept me from wanting to be competitive. Um, but I have it stuck in my mind already that I want to be competitive. So we're just going to do it now. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's, that's the key thing is to be competitive, continuously competitive, not mm -hmm. to have fun playing it at home with whoever you're actually playing with to have fun playing at home. You could pick up a pack every few months, a few packs here and there, a new starter deck whenever a new starter deck comes out and you can play the game over and over again and the game is going to be you know a trading card game which is different every time because you never know what decisions are going to get made what cards you're going to pull so yeah the the barrier is just on the competitive side you don't have to break the bank to play for fun so you've mentioned a few times already that you want to play the game competitively so what took you from you know, wanting to buy a pack here and there, maybe playing with your cards for months to come to wanting to play competitively? Uh, so I definitely have a competitive streak in me. Um, I, in general, I, uh, I try to be a little bit more on like the caring and nurturing side of when I play games with other people. But the, the chance of Lorcana just presenting itself as here's, here's an outlet that it's okay to be competitive. Like don't, don't pound people into the ground maybe, but like it's, this is, this is something that you can be competitive on and try to do that. And uh, I'm sure this is going to come up in a couple of the other barriers and later on as well, but like just the fact that um, I, the, the community, I feel like really encouraged me to do that of like, I was going to come in as just a collector. And then I realized, hey, if I'm coming in as a collector, this is my chance to learn the cards, learn the strategy. Um, and I, I know that I'm capable of that. And so I kind of want to try it and see where it goes from there. I have no doubt that you're capable of it. For those of you who don't know, your your username on Twitter is Adara, but the handle is like at okim102 or something like that. So yeah. if you have the brain to handle organic chemistry, which I took organic chemistry in college, and the reason why I liked it is because it's just like puzzles that you're trying to, to solve to get from one molecule to a different one and, you know, the steps needed for that process. So if you are able to figure that out, you'll be able to figure out these combos and Lorcana and stuff. I'm sure you'll do great. Thanks. And absolutely looking forward to applying myself in those spaces <laughs> now i don't want to play against her <laughs> <laughs> no please do i'm just I, kidding i don't want to rack up the list of people who don't there will, want to play there, don't worry there will be plenty of games on on webcam on the discord don't worry um okay so uh so we've discussed uh why it's hard getting into them a bunch of different barriers but here's a big barrier for a lot of people you actually mentioned it earlier and that is fear and social anxiety so that's a big one for a lot of people. Yeah, I was like so nervous stepping into even just the Discord, like let alone the fact of 
you know, like if you're going to want to be doing in-person tournaments, like you're going to have to walk into a game store and you might not even know anybody other than the people who are are running it from your your game store um like that's that's kind of nervous like I already get nerves of just like trying to plan out things and so adding on top of it of like oh shoot I'm going to be interacting with people that I maybe have never met before um that's that's definitely nerve-wracking um and it's I think like the thing I would say not necessarily just to you guys, but like just to the community as a whole about this is that um, it can be really scary to approach something like this, especially with what's already starting to be an established community. Um, like I'm partial to that because I'm on the discord for, for Lorcan HQ. Um, but like, I feel like community is going to make or break someone's experience in the game of of when you walk into that and you're sweating because you're nervous about interacting with people or you're just not used to being around people it's going to make the difference of does somebody sit down in front of you all business and say okay let's play or does somebody say hey i haven't seen you here before like great to have you here like do you have any questions like do you just want to observe like it, it really can make or break somebody's barrier on whether or not they want to join or stay in this kind of thing. Well, I know exactly what you're talking about. And for those of you who've listened, the first time I went to an organized play tournament, I think I was a junior in high school, it was to the Star Wars Decipher card game. And same thing, so much fear to actually get myself into that location. And then I went in and just got absolutely curb stomped. I mean, people just destroyed me and they didn't offer me any advice or pointers. Like they just wanted to get the W so they could get the prize support. So when I picked up the My Hero card game, I wanted to give it a try again, but it was such a fearful moment for me. I sat in that car and I, you know, tried talking myself out of it. But then I was like, you know what? What's the worst that's going to happen? I'm going to waste three three hours of my life and then I'm never going to come back. But I'm so glad I went in. Because the people that I met were so friendly. And these people were like what you were describing. In fact, I haven't been to a tournament probably in a couple, maybe two or three months. But the other day, I ran into a couple at Walmart who I used to play with. And like, hey, man, how's it going? And it's just like, we had never missed a beat. So um, that's the kind of community that I'm hoping Lorcana attracts. And so far, it has been. Okay, so... I've been messaging you on Twitter in preparation for this episode, and you mentioned a couple of other potential barriers. Can you share with us the first one regarding TCG lingo? Because this is one I, I'm like, we had thought about it because we did an episode on it, but I didn't think about it from your perspective. Yeah, and I loved the episode on TCG lingo too, I might add. Um, this this by far was my biggest barrier, and I would say still is, of um so like I could just like rattle off like terms of like floodgate vanilla yes, I never heard of that one meta, either. like like all of these things and like coming into and want like I want to understand like that is my personality if I come into something and I want to understand it and that's how I'm approaching Lorcana and when I come into a conversation and are try and trying to understand let's talk about this new card that's revealed or let's talk about how these two older cards interact and I'm hearing these terms, it's almost like I am listening to a completely different language. Um, and I, and that, that puts me into 
of a spot of feeling stuck because I don't, I feel like I don't have the vocabulary to ask the questions that I'm looking for. I don't have the vocabulary to understand what somebody's saying. So like, I've been hugely relying on, um, like many of the content creators have put out things related to specific themes. Um, I don't remember who did it, but somebody did a video on like, let's talk about formats. What is a format? What are different kinds of formats? And like all of these things that like, if you're Magic the Gathering, it sounds like you totally understand these, but like, I, I hear, I hear a term and I just blank face of like, what, what, what are you talking about? What does this have to do with this card that I'm looking at in front of me? And, and so that's, that's the, that's been really hard. And I think the way that I've been overcoming that aside from the content creation is just, again, coming back to the community of, I have not had anybody respond to a question of mine yet with, well, you should know that it's, it's always been a welcoming, oh yeah, like, let me try to explain this. Um, oh, you didn't understand the way I explained it the first way. Let me get a visual for you. Let me maybe use, uh, something else to try to explain this to you does that help um so it's been nothing but kindness when i've been like i i don't understand what you're saying when you say lgs or flgs what in the world is that <laughs> i can relate so much with what you're saying because i went on that same journey uh, when i first joined the discord did you have anything to add to that one james about tcg lingo uh, I would say that you have done better than I did because whenever I saw new terms, I just Googled them or tried to figure out what they were on my own instead of asking because I'm like, I don't want to ask. But <laughs> but I did learn a lot of them. And I also some of them I got from context or I, uh, someone else asked and I was able to get the uh, answer from them. So I was like, I'll let someone else do the asking until I figure it out. <laughs> Maybe there uh, should be an FAQ in the Discord or something with all the frequent terms. I don't know. <laughs> If you Google, there are actual websites with like TCG terms as like a page. So that's where I got my list. Yeah. <laughs> for our so, episode. I've just gone to keeping a list um in my personal Discord server. I keep a list of of terms and and people's explanations of it for me. Um it's been super helpful. Okay. So the second barrier that you mentioned is product availability. I think that's going to be a big issue for Lorcana. Yeah, I, I think product availability is on everyone's minds for vastly different reasons sometimes. Um, the reason why it's on my mind um, is from the aspect of like, if if people, if players cannot get their hands on the cards, um, that's, no game can, can overcome that easily. I think I had heard some people talking about like One Piece had really struggled um, initially to, to get cards in the hands of players whether casual or tournament focused um and like i also think about like these pre-orders that are happening um these these fake pre-orders that are scamming people like if that was my first interaction of i want to get product and if i'm coming at this from my normal i'm used to getting digital content where i can pre-order stuff or something like that um, if I come into the space and I pre-order what I think is, oh yeah, you'll ship me Lorcana cards and now you've scammed me, like that's that's going to leave a sour taste in my mouth. I'm not going to want to go out of my way and be like, well, fine, I just won't bother with Lorcana at all then. Um, and so 
like that that's heavy on my mind also like the casual player is not going to want to stand in line at their local game store for two hours before opening two plus hours before opening just to get their hand on a pack of cards like nobody's going to want to do that unless like 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 the average person is not going to want to do that and the average person probably won't think about contacting their lgs to put them at the top of the pre-order list exactly so I think like all of that is is multiple barriers, especially here at the beginning before we we even have the cards released is is getting getting cards into the hands of the players who want them. That is going to be such a huge thing. I mean, every and like you said, so many different avenues that people are coming at it of the the way they want to collect or play or whatever. And every single one of them wants availability so yeah it's a big thing that uh, that has to happen we have to be able to to get the product yes so we've been talking about all of these barriers which is a little negative but we have to talk about them but now let's talk about the positive aspect of why it's still worth it uh to get into a trading card game regardless of all of the barriers uh so what we've done again is compiled another list of common reasons why we think it's worth it and again we'll discuss them as we go through so the first one is one of my favorites, the rush of the chase, uh, cracking packs for that rare foil or just opening packs or just getting that one card to put together that one deck that you know is going to you're going to be able to, to rock the tournaments. So what do you think about that? Oh, man, this is probably one of the biggest things I'm looking forward to, aside from just playing the game. Um, in my memory, I have never cracked open a pack of cards before, like looking for things like I have never had that experience before the closest i have come was um the rush that i got from finding at our local thrift store a um like it, it was just a whole bunch of pokemon cards that you could just go through and look through and i looked through there and i was able to find a couple of rares that my husband was looking for and like like if that's even like the smallest taste of what it feels like to open card packs like I am, I'm so looking forward to it. It's, it's why I want booster boxes. It's, it, it's, I, I cannot wait. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 100%. I can't wait either. And I've opened plenty of packs in my day. <laughs> it's basically like opening a Christmas present every single time. It's, it's crazy fun. <laughs> and who doesn't like to open Christmas presents? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've never had a specific card that I was chasing. When I played My Hero, I basically just, uh, what I would do is I would buy a box and I opened those with my daughter. Like, that was a really cool experience. Um, I knew going in that I should have low expectations for getting any specific kind of card. So I viewed it as something that I did with my daughter. And then the cards that I needed to fill out, I just bought singles on. But for Lorcana, I mean, I'm much more invested in this IP than my hero, which I love my hero, but I'm much more invested in getting good at Lorcana than I was with my hero. So I am looking forward to the rush of the chase, especially if there's an Oswald card. I'm just saying, <laughs> I don't know if there will be, but oh, I hope there is. And really quick, one other thing on this too, part of that's part of why I'm so happy that as of right now, like there's a designated foil slot, like 
there will there will be that foil in every pack and I feel like even if it's not the card that you're chasing me personally I'm just going to be so happy every time to open and find that card that's the shiny card like I am so happy about that so it's a dopamine hit in every pack no matter what exactly what I mean you get like foil and the rares the rares even if the rares are like two rares that you've already gotten like three of each that foil is going to be a foil that you probably don't have. So every pack, I mean, until you open, I don't know, 200 packs, you know, you're going to be getting stuff you don't have. Probably. I don't know. All the mathematicians are like, no, that's not how it's going to happen. But (laughs) (laughs) all right. So we we talked about the rush of the chase. This one you brought up already. It was this idea of collecting and, I don't know if you have experience with Pokemon. I know you said your husband does, but I grew up playing uh, Pokemon Red and Blue. In fact, I had Pokemon Red. And then because I wanted all 150, because Mew is not obtainable, even though we tried all those secret tips, I bought the blue version for my brother so that he could play it and trade me the blue specific ones. (laughs) That's, uh, That's how obsessed I was with collecting them all. And with Lorcana, James and I have talked about this already. I want to collect a, a play set of the first set. And then depending on how much money that costs, we'll, we'll see from there. <laughs> but how much is the collecting aspect? Well, you even said you, you wanted to come into this as a collector. And now you want to play competitively. But are you still approaching this as a collector first? I'm not sure if I'm necessarily approaching it as a collector first. I think it's like my my buying decisions, at least at the beginning, are absolutely influenced by the collecting side of things. Like it it is the collecting first for what products I'm getting and that. Um, I so like I'm definitely not as of right now planning on getting a full play set of all the cards, um, but like I I want to collect at least one of all the cards and while I haven't necessarily committed to it it's going to be pretty hard to keep me from collecting a full set of hollows so the foil cards um that's going to be hard to to pass that up um you're making James jealous well I I I mean I'll probably end up doing it I mean I know myself I'm going to give myself rules I'm like I don't care I want all the hollows We'll just see, again, it, we just have to wait and see what the ratios are, how hard they are to get, and also how much they're going to be. So that's that's yeah. really going to be the determining factor. But the yeah. fun of, and this is, I don't know if I mentioned it um, on a podcast, but I did talk to Jared about it, about how you can give yourself things to collect, even if you can't collect everything. Like I've seen people in the Discord mention collecting every major character in their language. Or collecting like just one of every single every character or one of every franchise, so that you can get the regular card and the foil, and if they ever make them alternate arts or alternate art foils, and you can limit yourself to one little subset that you can feel good about finishing without having to break the bank getting everything. So there's going to be all different levels of collecting you can do, not just got to get them all right. Yes, it's it's fun to approach it from the beginning, though, as a gotta get them all, because it is the beginning. There's a decent chance you can get them all. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, and starting out at the ground level, we're all at the same spot. It's not like magic where we have to worry about 30 years worth of cards or whatever the most current rotation is. I mean, so it's exciting to want to be a, a part of all of that. So another positive is strategy and showing off your smarts 
in uh, executing a game plan, a deck build, a win condition, however you want to go about it, but basically showing, you know, feeling good about yourself and how you play the game. Yeah. So we already hit on this a little bit about um, just being capable of of learning the game. Uh, but I think the thing here for me is that uh, exactly what you just said, Jared, about like Magic the Gathering, like you're you're coming at it from 30, 30 years of cards. Like There's a lot of interactions there. I, I know like they're not all in like the tournament play at the same time. Um, but like this, this is the beginning of Lorcana. Like this, the first chapter is is it until we get the next one, whatever they call it. Um, and that's like incredibly attainable of like, let's, let's learn all the cards. Like, let me, let me think about how does Jumba interact with Olaf or whatever. Like I, I, it, that can be done. And I think that that can really be executed well. And I'm definitely excited about the opportunity to do that. Yeah. We're all on the same level, same playing field. It's not like somebody has 10 years worth of collections that you have to compete against. I mean, I think, I mean, it's just exciting to be a part of this. And I know, you know, a year from now, people can't say that. But right now, all of us who are ready to get into it, I mean, that aspect alone makes me super excited to play this. The next thing we wanted to talk about was competition and being the best that you can be another Pokemon thing. Um you talked about wanting to be competitive. In fact, on Twitter just today, before we started recording, we were talking about uh, how it seems like everybody in the Lorcana HQ Discord wants to go to Nationals and Worlds. So is that your ambition too, to you know play at that competitive of a level? I think I'm really going to have to see what ends up happening. Um I am fully planning on showing up to every single tournament that is within driving distance of where I live. Um, I I want to be there for them. I want to be practicing. If I'm not at work, I, I want to be figuring out how can I play these cards better? What happens if I draw them in this order? Um, yes. I I want to aspire to, to those levels. I'm not sure I'll ever be able to, like, I, I think I even said it in my Twitter post of, I'm, I'm not sure I could ever expect to be like competing in those higher levels, but I, I want to, like, I want to try, um, and, and see, see where that goes. If, if I'm ever not competing at those levels, I definitely want to be there to see other people competing. Um, I see these like videos of, Pokemon worlds and Magic the Gathering stuff. And I'm like, I, even if I can't be the person playing, I want to be there experiencing it and and learning from those people. That'd be so cool. And I agree. And, but the other thing about these big tournaments is that they have a bunch of side events that you can do as well. And those are, I mean, it'd be fun to be competing in the top levels, but the side events are sometimes just as fun as well. But I will say this, um, if you continue being active and stuff like you are on Lorcana HQ Discord and Twitter here, you're just going to make those connections with the people who are smarter than you and, and know how to play the game better than you. And I mean, my ultimate goal is, is to make them like my uh, group of advisors. So when I'm like, hey, this situation came up, what would you have done in this case? That way, you know, my knowledge just continues to grow. And I feel like that's the kind of community that we're creating anyway. Which leads us into another aspect is the community or 
friends, both online and in real life, being able to travel to these events, meeting new people, but also meeting people that you know. Uh, like for me, when I go to like San Diego Comic-Con, I have what I call my once a year friends who I see at Comic-Con all the time. And we talk when we when we see each other and it's really great. And I think that's the same kind of thing that will develop is you will get to these you will get these friends that in this game. And like Jared even just mentioned it, people he ran into at the store that he had played games with. And I think that's that's already starting to develop. And I think it's something that will be absolutely one of the best positive things about this game. Yeah, the the chance to have the local friends from coming into your local game store. Oh, hey, you're buying Lorcana too? That's awesome. Like, tell me more about like, like having the local friends who see you in the Walmart and greet you because of your experience and connection over a TCG. Um, so appealing to me to be able to have those. But like you said, James, like the Discord, I I know I am in the same boat as a lot of people of just looking forward to Gen Con. I'm excited to be there with the group of people I've been talking to. I, like, I, I'm so ready to like show up with my name tag of, hi, I'm Dara. And <laughs> on top of my badge that has like my name on it. Like, I, I am looking forward to meeting all of these people that I've gotten to connect with online as well as in person it's it's gonna be great well i will say i've already met three people off the discord now i met nathan kalanecki mr hobbles i met glimmerfish adam baker and i just met james two days what three days ago three days ago yeah he went was down to california to disneyland and and i couldn't not meet up with you even though we got into town kind of late it didn't matter <laughs> oh, we had dinner with his family and it was we had a good time we got to sit and chat so yeah getting to meet people getting to hang out it was great i know i think it's dan from hobbies and happiness um is is down in chicago which isn't too too terribly far from where i am so i definitely know that there's there's a location there that if we ever want to hook up there's there's a person there that i can meet from the Lorcana community it's so exciting and so worth it. And like you say, I am so excited for Gen Con. I can't even count the number of people that are going to be there that I want to meet up with. And I know we're making James really sad right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's going to be awesome for those of us who are there. And I know like everybody says there's going to be so much content that comes out. It's not the same for people who are, you know, left at home, but Hopefully it'll give you a taste of what it was like at the convention. And I always like to try to tell people too, of like, I am sure there are going to be other times that people from the discord want to meet up. And even if we're not at, we're not meeting at Gen Con, like I, I fully suspect that given the trajectory of everything, there will be an opportunity to meet in person somewhere else. For sure. Party at Jared's house. <laughs> the Vegas Invitational. The Vegas Invitational. It. <laughs> okay and i guess that brings us to this point and that is fun and um when we're talking about competition and strategy and stuff like this sometimes it and this kind of came up in my conversation with sugi um sometimes it can almost seem like it's not fun but at the end of the day it is a game and the purpose is to have fun so how much of a factor is fun for you in playing Lorcana. 
if Lorcana is not fun, there is no chance I'm going to be competitive. <laughs> like it's, I, I absolutely need it to be fun. Um, it's like, I, my perspective on this is, is very much of Lorcana doesn't always have to be serious of like, I'm hoping to be able to have like, here is my competitive mindset for Lorcana. And that's where I, I really pull out that strategy and really fine tuned thinking. But like, I don't always want to play a game that way. Like I even think of, of board games, my, my husband and I really enjoy playing Wingspan. Like there are some times where I just want to sit there and play the cards because they're pretty. And you know what? That's fine because it's fun. Like that's that's an okay thing to do to take a step back from it being serious. Play it casually. Play, hey, let's try to only play characters from Frozen from Morcana. Like at the point that that exists. Like it's it, it's going to be a fun connection with people and and just a thing to enjoy. It doesn't always have to be the okay, I'm competing and I want to be able to move on to nationals. So, oh no, like I have to, I have to win this in order to move up. Like it doesn't, it doesn't have to be that. And absolutely fun is what I'm going to be stepping back on um, when I'm getting frustrated or overwhelmed with the competitive side of things. I'm, I'm going to be stepping back into the, hey, who wants to play a game with me on Discord? By the way, like, I'm just having fun with this. Like, I, I'm not coming at this from a competitive perspective. It's not a training exercise. So here's something that that just gave me an idea for one of the funnest ways you can try and build a deck to actually have fun with it. And this you'll have to wait until probably multiple chapters are out of the game. But playing a deck in the correct order of the sequence of a movie that it comes from. Ooh. Oh my goodness. <clears throat> yeah, that could get complicated. Exactly. So that would be the challenge. I think it could be done. I think Robinsberger, that's Robinsberger, if you need a creative game mind, we got one right here. <laughs> I mean, think about it. I mean, you could like you could play, you have different versions of Anna and Elsa from Frozen, and you have to play them through the two movies, and you have to play the 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 you know the costumes, the correct costumes in the correct order. And, you know, you have to banish uh, on it at a certain point and then bring her back from banishment. You know, things like that, you know? Sorry, Elsa, Elsa back. Got it wrong. But anyway, things like that. Oh, no, both of them. Never mind. I was just, I was thinking of the second movie for a second. I'm like, no, that's Elsa. No, Anna was on the first. All right, anyway. <laughs> but that's an idea. You know, you play the movie as a game and you structure your deck to be able to do that. And then that's a fun way to to basically engage both the fun and the brain. So is there anything on the uh, fun slash positive slash not quite a barrier, but, you know, we're going to have a good time with it aspect that uh, we may have missed? So I don't think we missed it, but it's kind of something that gets strung throughout a couple of them. And I just want to bring it up in a really direct way of you can only be at the beginning of a TCG once. Like there was, there was a beginning to Pokemon and there was a beginning to Magic the Gathering and we're, we're at the beginning of Disney Lorcana. Um, that maybe not once in a lifetime experience, but like that, that is something special. Um, and that, that I think is a really big plus for me too, of, I feel like I'm able to be a part of this from the beginning um, and and see how it plays out as well as participate and be a force that also helps it play out. Um, so I think that's that's 
that's something that's really appealing to me as if you're considering getting into Lorcana, now's the time because it's the beginning still. And it's so, so worth it to, to step in and do that. Yeah, this seems like a game that will have the staying power of Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh or Magic. And to be a part of that from the beginning, like you say, is just like it seems like such an incredible opportunity. I I want to be the person who who walks into the Lorcana tournament and has the original cards from the first chapter <laughs> in your deck if you can. Like I, I hear about these like from Magic the Gathering and some things of like these people who who have just been with it for so long and and they have these decks that would be thousands, hundreds, thousands of dollars to to put together today, but they've just they've had it from the beginning. They were there. Um and I, I want to be one of those people for Lorcana. <laughs> I'm sitting there at the retirement home with my my original Lorcana deck. <laughs> oh, James! <laughs> All right, <laughs> so let's jump into the roundup of the news, and I'm going to take this first one because it's kind of near and dear to my heart. Disney Lorcana released a brand new card this past week, and it was a steel card, and so my still a meme a day train is over. The thing is, is I didn't even start that meme train. I can't remember who did. I just like put fuel on the fire. So um, <laughs> the card is from the Lilo and Stitch series. His name is Gontu. And the text reads, still glimmers rely on brute force to forge ahead. And so he's eight cost. He has a flourish. Um, his name is Gontu. Gantu. A Galactic Federation captain. He has six strength and six defense. His traits are storyborn, alien, captain, and his ability says under arrest. Characters with cost two or less can't challenge your characters. He has two of the lore icons, and his flavor text says relax, enjoy the trip, and don't get any ideas. And it looks like he has the, uh, did we decide that's the super rare? Uh, icon right there legendary legendary, legendary. five sides it's the it's the pentagon shape so it's got the five sides and it's the fifth level of rarity and adara can you tell us why this card is an example of a card that is a floodgate <laughs> let's 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 see if i can pull out pull out the knowledge from knives video here so, <laughs> that's right so the reason why it's a floodgate card is because it has a consistent, uh, a continuous effect that prevents an action that would normally be able to be taken. So in, and I think it's Gantu, um, if I, if I'm pulling back my childhood memories of the show. Um, that sounds, that sounds more correct. Yeah. So, so Gantu's effect being um, you're, you're not allowed to attack with a card that given any other circumstances you would be able to or challenge I guess is is what it is it, so it's it's preventing somebody from challenging with somebody who cost I think it's less than two um so that's that's why it's a floodgate because it's, it's continuous and it's preventing an action that would normally be able to be taken so if your board was just full of Olaf's they could not attack Gantu yeah, I think the really interesting example is if your board is full of Captain Hooks, uh, you could not attack Gantu or any of the other Glimmers on that player's team. 
And and another interesting thing is that it's also thematically uh in you know meets up with Stitch, who he's of course sent to capture. And Stitch's ability, if uh let me see if I can uh you can whenever you play a character with co- that costs two or less, you may play what does it say? You may exert it to draw a card. So if you're playing Stitch and bringing out all of these two or less cards that you put them in your deck to take advantage of this effect, Gantu, Gantu will then stop those guys from being able to challenge. You can still do the ability on Stitch. They're not going to stop that ability. But all these cards that you have out, you won't be able to challenge. And you have all these cards out that you pay to bring out, and all of a sudden you can't challenge with them. So it's an interesting thing to... Uh, to do where they're they're making things thematically correct with the characters and how they react with each other and interact with each other. All right. So the other interesting thing that happened this week was we got an article from the gamer, uh, the author uh, Eric Switzer got to interview the narrative lead of Disney's Lorcana, Samantha McFerrin, and basically just went through a lot of the actual story behind Lorcana. And uh, what all of the things mean and how us as the players are going to be the Illumineers and why we're doing the things we're doing. And um, let me go through here uh, on the official website was also updated with a portion of this uh, article uh, with an actual story for the beginnings of Lorcana, which is, um, well, you can read it, but basically... Um, if you go to DisneyLorcana.com and click on the story link, then it's going to take you to this store to this story where uh, it gives you an intro for information about the Illuminary and how you have uh, an ink caster and story stars and, um, you know, the power of Lorcana and all of this information about this, the story behind it. And we find out that, you know, they specifically answered the question of will there be any original characters? And no, it's all Disney all the time. There will be no original characters. Um, action cards are not necessarily going to be only actions being taken by the glimmers you create, but by the Illumineers. So as the player, you will be having cards that do things that don't necessarily involve the glimmers. Uh, but there's, there's a lot of information in this article. Is there anything that you guys picked up from it, uh, that you found, found particularly interesting? I think the stars um, were, were especially interesting. They had kind of hinted at the existence of these stars um, where where stories are recorded um, kind of as an offhanded comment. So to actually see that there's, they seem to be playing a pretty big part, at least in the, the story of Lorcana. Why, why are we there? How are we pulling these glimmers? What are these glimmers? Uh, so I think that stood out a lot to me. Um, the fact that actions don't have to necessarily include our glimmers that like uh so like the action of uh whatever maleficence uh dragon action dragon breath something like that um it like that that specifically comes from maleficent whereas like this the statement that they made in the article makes it sound like there could be like a oh no, broken ink caster. You broke your opponent's ink caster. Like they have to, they have to wave a turn or like it, it, it pulls it out from there. And I think that makes it more of an immersive experience is you're, you're no longer just playing 
playing these cards like it's it's there's now a story behind it like I think of Pokemon and the fact of like well, you're the trainer like you've you've gathered these Pokemon to 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 train them into battle with them and this just it's this this pulling players into the story of it's no longer just oh yeah I'm playing Lorcana it's well no like I'm I'm in Lorcana I am doing Lorcana and it's just so much more immersive than just just a TCG or just a card game and and the fact that they're going to be just sprinkling that around in a lot of different places uh they mentioned um in the cards on social media and other materials like the player's guide that we know is coming in the Illumineers Trove will actually have the information about who created Lorcana and the Great Illuminary, uh, which is very cool. So we'll get a piece of the story there when you buy that. I'm sure there'll be a piece of the story in the instruction book, maybe, you know, a, a gathering of the information that's already on the website at this point. Um, just all of this stuff that's for the people, for anyone who wants to have that aspect of it where they feel like they're in more than just a game, it's going to be it sounds like it's going to be really awesome to be able to do things. I know that people are going to want to see, I mean, I know for me personally, I would love to see at some point a Lorcana cartoon or, or something like that, Lorcana books or comics, uh, getting more stories in the world. The other thing that I thought was interesting, and this is on another part of the things that they revealed, but they said that everything that appears on a card actually exists in Lorcana, which means you're not just creating a character and it's going to be on the top of this book, the lore book that you create it, and then it just does whatever you say. And but when you create Hades, Hades on his throne, the throne exists, Olympus exists. So all of these places exist. So again, it, it just provides this massive world to play and live in for these characters, which I think is really cool. So I mean, they need to fill that illuminary with something. It's it's huge <laughs> from the pictures we have of it. <laughs> So a couple of things that stood out to me, one from the article was, I think it was, was her name Samantha McFerrin? Mm -hmm. She had mentioned that the story behind the Floodborns would be answered, but it would be answered in a future set. So for me, that's interesting that they've designed this narrative. And we've all speculated about, you know, what these Floodborne characters are or what they represent. But we're not officially going to know until sets three or four. I don't know. But the fact that they have it planned out that far down the road, I think is awesome. And it's going to draw people in to be like, you know, they're going to be invested to know, well, what is the story behind that? The second thing, and this was from the actual web page on the Disney Lorcana site. And I saw some people talking about this because it is kind of worded. Interesting, it said, soon other Illumineers across the globe will be called to the aid of Lorcana. You'll summon Glimmers to quest with you as you search for missing lore in a race against time. Only together can you protect this wondrous realm from threats. And so what I saw people talking about was this part specifically where it says, only together can you protect this wondrous realm from threats. People were like, well, is this going to be a co-op game? But from all the um, indications we've been given, like they wouldn't have organized play if it was just a co-op game. And who knows, maybe there's like different ways you can play the game. Maybe there's a co-op version. Um, but I still have to believe at the end of the day that it's a competitive based where maybe you're not like destroying each other's life points, but it's in this race for lore 
and whoever gets the most lore first wins. But it, it just worded in such a way that it makes you wonder yeah i think it's a positive thing i think you can be competitive and still have it be a positive thing like you said about who gets the most lore well if you're getting the lore to save the grand illuminary then if you get 50 lore and your opponent gets 48 lore sure you won but you both did something to benefit the great illuminary so it's a positive aspect of the competition it's like you know who's gonna I mean, obviously, in Magic, it's reducing the opponent's life points, so it's who beats the other player and knocks them down. This one is who can get to that goal fastest that is going to give the positive effect to the Grand Illuminary, the Great Illuminary. So that's, I think, where they're going to be aiming for this. So it's still a competition, but it's the positive side of a competition. Well, and the other thing I took from that was it could be interpreted where it says only together. It could mean you and your glimmers can protect Lorcan. That that is that is absolutely right. Plus, we also know this is going to be a multiplayer game. So, you well, know, we don't know that, but we strongly we know it. <laughs> okay, we know nothing. <laughs> well, the other I, thing too, I I am ninety nine percent sure it's multiplayer from the start. From the other thing, I, I think you're probably right. But the other thing that I saw people talking about during this article is this idea that this article seems to suggest or strengthen the argument for the two resource system, which how many times have I said that, James? A lot. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I've never played a game with two resources, but I'd be willing to try. It, it sounds like it for sure. Um, one of the things I thought, uh, because everyone is still trying to figure out why there's the flourish and the no flourish, and having two resources would would be the indication that one of them needs one of the two resources or both, and the other one doesn't, uh, which is what would come through with those. So, I mean, it could be a variety of ways they implement that, but that's that is one of the reasons why the two resource system has been uh, flourishing with a lot of people. <laughs> Adara, do you have anything to add to this story? I I just, I kind of agree with James on this too. Of it, it seems at least in the article and the updated story, like story stars and ink are really set up as like, these are two distinct things that need to come together to make a glimmer. Um, and we have cards referred to as glimmers. So um, this has definitely pushed me in the direction of, I, I'm feeling more convinced with the speculations of a two resource system. Um, again, I'm I'm coming at this from no experience. So I don't know like what the benefits of a one resource system, a two resource system, a card resource system, like <laughs> energy and Pokemon and all lands and Magic the Gathering. Like, I, I've definitely enjoyed listening to people debate about what's the best resource system in TCGs. What do we think is a good resource system for Lorcana? What wouldn't be a good resource system for Lorcana? Um, so I feel like this is something where I'm I'm kind of along for the ride with um, and, and looking forward to seeing what they do. And I have great trust in the game designers to to make it accessible to people like me who are coming at it with no experience. And and I'm I'm sure the kids that are going to want to play this as well. Yeah, I like it. 
that's the thing I've always gone back to is how they've just said that they want a simple game that is just going to give a lot of complexity by playing the cards, not by learning the game. And so a a super convoluted uh, two resource system, even or even one resource system that is difficult to figure out how to play it. I don't think we're getting that. So I think if we do get a two resource system, it would be very easy where one of them is you get one more a turn. And then another way is you earn it by doing this. And it's a simple way to do it. So I think that whatever they do, I think it's going to be simple and fun. So I'm, I'm I'm all for it. All right. So that's it for the news. Unless you guys have anything else I missed. That's it. Well, then let's roll into Disney Jeopardy. And I did ask Adara if she'd be willing to be our contestant this week on Disney Jeopardy. And she agreed. So you know how the game is played, correct? I believe so. (laughs) Okay. okay. And as James says, we're not super strict on the rules here. So um, I hope you brushed up on your names for this game. Um, for 100, this is the city in which Princess and the Frog takes place. Uh, what is New Orleans? Ding, 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 ding. Okay. Uh, for 200, this movie begins with the phrase, this is the story of how I died. What is Tangled? Ding, 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 ding. Okay. For 300, this is the name of the cat in Cinderella. Oh, who is Lucifer? Wow, three for three. You are on fire. <laughs> okay, number four, 400. The Fox and the Hound stars a fox named Todd and a dog named this. Oh, I don't know this one. I've always just called it the Hound. Do you want to give her a hint, James? Um, Penny? It's what a penny is made of. Oh, copper. Ding, 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 ding. There you go. Good clue. Okay. For 500. And I would not have guessed this one. This is Dumbo's actual given name. Whoa. I thought Dumbo was his given name. I I, feel very uninformed. James, did you know this one? I did not. I thought I knew what his name was. And I, I, I would say that, no, I knew it. It wasn't necessarily just Dumbo I thought it was something else but I did not think it was this all right do you do you give up Adara let's just bread I don't know (laughs) oh so close it's actually Jumbo Jr. interesting because I knew it's Mrs. Jumbo so I thought it was Dumbo Jumbo oh okay that's logical it's been so long since I've seen that movie. I didn't see the Ted Burton one either. Is that the 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 live action one? Yes. I have not I, seen that one. I did see it and it was decent. <laughs> it was not Same bad. Either. It was decent. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for participating. Well, I think you got Are we calling that 4 out of 5 or 3 out of 5? That's a 3 and a half out of 5. Okay, 3 and a half out of 5 better than i've ever done so thank you for coming on adara it was a pleasure um if people want to find you online where can they find you yeah so i'm on twitter and discord um under adara uh, adara of lorcana on discord 
but the my at is at ochem102 on both of those sites. Um, and then on YouTube, I am organic chemistry. I don't know how I managed to snag that one. Um, and my at there is at organic chem. Um, so anybody ever sees me around, I don't really create too much content, but always welcome to say um, hello or ask me anything. Now, I will say this um, because I try to make the rounds of all the content creators um, and you are always there commenting and you're always so positive. And it's just been a treat to have you in the community. And it's been awesome having you on this podcast. So um, I certainly hope that when new people come into the community, that uh, they get to meet you and interact with you and and hopefully join you on your journey as you, you know, learn how to play trading card games. And if you liked what you heard, you can subscribe to this podcast and you can follow me on Twitter at Citizens of Lorcana. James, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me everywhere at Dan Regal, and you can check out geekshotphoto.com for links for my wife and I for social media and all that. And uh, thank you all for joining us. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.